Hi everyone, I'm Manpri and I'm going to be starting my ST3 in Dermatology. Hi, I'm Naren and I'm currently an ST5 Dermatology Registrar. Um, this particular knowledge video will cover SJS and TEN um, and these are one of the severe cutaneous um, drug reactions uh, that we're going to be talking about. So just to start off with SJS and TEN in dermatology, there's lots of abbreviations and acronyms. So let's break that down to start off with. So SJS stands for Stevens-Johnson syndrome and TEN stands for um, toxic epidermal necrolysis. So what is SJS and what is TEN? So they kind of form on a spectrum of um, basically a, a, a drug reaction typically um, that causes kind of mucosal sheet loss of the skin. Um, and in SJS and TEN, what's really important in terms of differentiating which one is SJS and which one is TEN on this particular spectrum is the percentage of the skin that's affected. So in SJS, you kind of get this um, rash that affects less than 10% body surface area uh, of the skin. And in TEN, it typically would affect greater than 30% body surface area. So in between 10 and 30%, you kind of get this overlap syndrome. So it's like an overlap SJS TEN um, sort of picture. Naren, is there anything that you wanted to add in terms of defining SJS and TEN? Yeah, no, I think that was pretty good. And what I would say is the the main thing with both of them and what we refer to when we talk about 10%, 30% is that um, uh, epidermal detachment so it's a um, detachment of the top layer of the skin so you're getting all the sheets of skin loss um, it might not start off like that it might start off as target lesions uh, an erythematous rash but then what happens is you get this um, sheets of skin loss and mucosal involvement as well so when we talk about the percentages is the percentage of skin detachment essentially but yeah otherwise that's completely right great um I always used to find that really confusing like which one was which so yeah that, yeah. that helps <clears throat> so moving on so in any kind of um dermatology interview clinical station um and whenever you're asked to go and see a patient it's always kind of history uh, examination investigations and then formulating a management plan and that's the structure that you should really rely upon in the interview as well so if we start with the history and the clinical features that you might expect for someone who may have sjs or ten well typically these patients will present with a prodrome so one of the key things that you might notice is something like a fever um they might have you know um uh stinging eyes as well that that comes with it but that fever is is usually quite an important thing to to be asking about and thinking about as well they also might have a sore throat and difficulty swallowing so those are also systemic things that you could be asking about outside of you know just the rash itself so then we come on to actually, yes, the rash um, and, you know, different drug eruptions will have different sorts of rashes that they are classically, you know, that they classically present with. So we've done a video on dress syndrome, which presents with a morbilliform rash um, in SJS and, and TEN. Um, I think what, what's really important is that you, you would get like this blistering sort of rash now. And is, is that what would you agree? Yeah. Exactly. So you can it can start off as like dusky sort of 
target lesions. When I say target lesions, these sort of um, erythematous macules with with a target, and then um, you you can get blistering, um, erosion. So it can be quite polymorphic, as in you can get quite a lot of different um, types of rashes depending on what stage you're seeing the patient. So it's um, the mucosal involvement is really important because sometimes that's the first area that you can see involved. And like Manpreet rightly said. SJSTEN tends to start with a prodromal illness, um, sore throat, feeling unwell, fever, etc., etc., fatigue. That usually precedes any skin signs, um, and the mucosal involvement may be the first thing. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really important point in the history to ask about mucosal involvement because often patients might not offer that, and if you you, do, you know you don't ask and you don't examine, you might miss a really important key positive red flag sort of finding. Mucosal involvement in dermatology is also something, is always something really important to know and you should do that routinely in your examination. Um, something else that you might find as a, as a feature might, might be something, you know, they might describe skin tenderness and that's quite an important um, sign of, of skin necrosis. So, those are kind of clinical features that you should be looking at. But in, in drug reactions, what's also really important is the chronology and the timeline. And that's really important in dermatology as a whole. So, you know, the timeline that you can be think you might expect in, in an SJS sort of TEN picture. Well, it could be anything from a, a week to up to two months. Um, and that depends on the particular cause. So as I mentioned earlier on, SJS and, and TEN, one of the commonest causes are, are medications. So you should always in your history be asking about new medications, changes to medications that they've had recently in the and in the preceding three months. Um, and I think that's an important point because people often forget to ask about changes that have had happened previously. Um, and so key medications that you want to be thinking about um, that might be linked to SJS and TEN. So this includes things like antibiotics in, in particular, you know, things like penicillins, the beta-lactams, um, the sulfanamides, so things like cotrimoxazole. Um, those are really important ones to bear in mind. Anticonvulsant medications, they come up a lot in dermatology and a lot in drug rashes. So that's always one to mention and ask about. So, you know, like lamotrigine, carbamazepine, phenytoin, um, allopurinol, that's also another one that comes up quite a lot in drug reactions. Um, and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications, so NSAIDs. Um, those are key ones that I would say make sure that you ask about or you're thinking about um, when it comes to SJS and TEN. Naren, is there anything else that you'd that you'd want to consider with triggers um, for SJS and TEN? Yeah, very good question. So yes, in adults um, with SJS, TEN, the most common trigger is drugs. And about 40 to 50% of those drugs tend to be antibiotics. So antibiotics play a really big role. Uh, but like Manpreet said, allopurinol, anticonvulsants, the, those are um, quite high up as well. In kids, pediatric patients with TEN, SJS, firstly, SJS, TEN is very rare, okay? I mean, I've seen a few throughout my training, but overall, it's it's like, it's not common. It's rare, one in a million, I think, the incidence. Um, in pediatric patients, it's even more rare. 
And in pediatric patients, actually, um, infections are more common triggers than drugs, things like mycoplasma. Um, but anyway, again, don't get too bogged down on that. But just to be aware, the most common trigger in adults is medications. Um, and the timeline, again, we've touched on this in the dress video, but it is really key to do a very accurate medication timeline um, over the preceding three months, okay? So SJS, um, the, the onset between the drug and the rash tends to be, on average, can be seven days up to four weeks, that sort of average range. Um, but you should still ask about all medications. I always ask for a medication timeline for, for three months in total. So those are very good points, yeah. And then um, moving on to your examination of a patient with SJS and TEN. So, you know, as we've described, you'll, you'll see, um, you might see blisters um, in terms of the rash, you might see diffuse erythema, you might see these macules or these targetoid lesions. Um, so the, the presentation can be quite sort of, there's a spectrum of what you might see depending on the stage of, of these patients. One thing that you can mention that, you know, um, you can offer, but is something called a Nikolsky sign. And that's when you apply pressure and it causes detachment. Um, and, you know, obviously you might not actually do that because you want to protect the skin sort of barrier, but you can offer and you could say you would expect a Nikolsky sign to be positive um, in, in patients with SJS and um, TEN. Naren, what do you think about Nikolsky sign? In clinical yeah, practice? I was just going to say, actually, I would agree to doing it. So whenever you're examining a patient, you should touch the skin. It might sound like such a odd thing to say, but yeah. as well as looking, you should touch the skin. And Nikolsky sign is actually a really, you know, it is an important clinical sign. So when I see drug rashes, I do always touch skin. I mean, you can be gentle. You don't have to be like shearing their skin. Um, and you can get Nikolsky sign positive in SJS, TEN, Pemphigus vulgaris um, and Staph Scolder's skin syndrome. Those are the main ones. There's other rarer ones. So I think... It is important to touch the skin, uh, obviously, in a gentle way. And I think it's good to mention Nikolsky's sign and know what it means. And like Manpreet says, is gentle pressure, pressure causes shearing away of the skin, causes skin detachment, um, just because it's so, so fragile, it's lost its connections with the dermis. So I think that's a really good point. You should, do, you should mention Nikolsky's sign. Yeah, that, that's really helpful to know. And, and that's an important positive thing to, to be mentioning. Um, and then, you know, on your examination, you also want to be estimating the body surface area that is affected. So, you know, doing a calculation um, uh, and being able to estimate, is it less than 10%? Is it greater than 30%? Or is it in between to be able to define on that spectrum of SJS, TEN, where this particular um, patient would lie. Um, and, you know, always checking the mu for mucosal involvement and describing the mucosal involvement, which would be an important part in your management. You know, if they've got quite severe oral mucosal involvement, you know, they might may not be able to swallow. Um, so this forms important parts in your, in your ongoing management of the patient, because these patients can be very, very sick. Um, so then moving on to sort of the differentials that you might have for a patient who's got SJS and, and TEN. Sorry, now. Can I just add, sorry, for, for the assessment as well, which is important, like Manpreet said, checking there, so oral mucosa, you have to look in the genital mucosa, okay? Some of these people end up 
uh, being referred to urology because they go into retention. Because remember, the skin detachment and the inflammation happens in all mucosal surfaces. So this can be the mouth, the eyes, the genitals, um, esophagus. So it's really, you need lots. Usually these, these patients are referred to multiple teams who come and review them on HD or ITU. Um, really important to make an assessment and involve the other teams early. Um, so always look at the genital mucosa. Um, yeah, that and, and always the mouth, but I think the genitals can sometimes be forgotten about and it's really important. Yeah, that's such an important point to note. So always think about um, who should I be referring this patient to for, for uh, alternative specialist input? And we'll come on to that in terms of the management. Um, but yeah. thinking about the, the differentials of, you know, this particular skin rash. Um, so, I mean, with, with drug eruptions, um, you know, you've got dress syndrome, you've got SJS, TEN as, um, you know, differentials that you can think about, um, and AJEP, which we've touched upon in a, in the dress video already. But Narin, are there any other differentials that you think, you know, you should be ruling in or ruling out in this sort of clinical picture? Yeah, definitely. So with SJS, TEN, obviously the key thing is this mucosal involvement and skin detachment. So other differentials that are really important um, staphylococcal scalded skin syndrome, which is more common in young kids. However, it can affect adults. So that's a um, toxin-mediated skin eruption caused by um, staphylococcal infection. So that's really important. Um, the other important differential is something like Epemphicus vulgaris, which is a very rare autoimmune blistering condition but that can also you know present in that way um so i would say those are the main two when i think of sort of skin um detachment um so yes just be mindful of you know taking a really good history is very important and obviously you're involving your consultants early Great. So moving on to how you would manage this patient. So management is always kind of, you know, a systematic approach. You want to do, you know, think about things in the immediate, uh, intermediate and then long term sort of uh, setting. And whenever you're approaching a, you know, this is an unwell patient. So you want to, first of all, you know, ensure that they are in the correct setting. You appropriately, you know, escalated this patient to the dermatology consultant on call. This is a sick patient. You know, you don't want to be leaving someone with SJS, TEN, uh, you know, without the right sort of support. So these patients typically would go to ITU because they need, um, you know, intense um, kind of topicals and intense uh, supportive care, basically. So in a stepwise approach, you would first of all escalate, you know, ensure the patient is resuscitated appropriately escalate to your dermatology consultant on call, ensure that the medication, the culprit medication, which you would have identified through a thorough history has been stopped. Um, you know, you'd want to calculate the score 10. Um, and we will talk about the score 10 in a bit more detail um, just after I've kind of run through a few more points. But this is a scoring system that we use specifically for SJS TEN. And we've got um, the scoring system to show you. Um, you know, you'd want to make sure that this person is referred to ITU, is taken to ITU in a timely manner. Um, 
and and in ITU, you know, things, you know, the, the crux of this is supportive care, basically. So things like fluid balances, um, ensuring that insensible losses are, are made up for, um, you know, appropriate temperature regulation and then referrals. So like Naren said, referral to urology, referral, referral to the pain team um, and other teams that might be appropriate. Naren, is there anything you wanted to add? Yes. So um, those are all very important aspects. And actually, there's a lot that goes into the management of these patients. They're actually quite, you know, can take a lot of resources and quite difficult to manage because they need one one to one care. Um, BAD guidelines have a really good one for SJS and TEM that just to glance over again, you don't need to know the details. What's really important is that their skin, they're having this ongoing skin detachment. You have to be so, so cautious and careful not using adhesives, for example, for cannulas, trying to use some sort of, it's difficult, um, but trying to use non-adhesive, non-shearing dressing. So that's one important thing. Um, you use something called exudry sheets where they lie down on these exudry sheets, which are much more gentle for people who have um, skin detachment. Um, what we tend to use is I'll touch on it a bit later about the different topicals, but mainly in SJS DEN, we use um, emollients, so thick emollients, which are basically thick moisturizers to help with the barrier. Because as you can imagine, these patients are losing their barrier. Um, so the, they need ideally every two hours, something called 50-50 paraffin put on them by the nurses just to ensure that they you know, have some sort of barrier. They're very prone to infection. So we do regular swabs as well um and very gentle gentle care positioning everything has to be very gentle because anything can just shear the skin away hence the nikolsky sign um you know being positive in these patients and like manpreet said they usually need a lot of teams involved so ophthalmologists because they usually have eye involvement and there's risk actually of, of blindness um you know they might need ng feeding because they're unable to swallow, unable to eat. They might need they might need um, catheters because they go into urinary retention. And some of these patients end up being intubated, actually. So it's a lot of MDT approach um, and very careful um, skin um, positioning and skin care because, you know, they're so fragile. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. But remember that it's lots of teams involved. Um, and it's a lot of it is supportive and trying to get them through this once the drug has been stopped. Um, that's really, really helpful, isn't it, to mention that, because that shows such an insight into the longer term picture of someone with SJS and TEN and the complications of it outside of, a, you know, just dermatology. Um, exactly. Now, should we chat about the score 10 now? Because that's a really useful score yes. to be aware of. So very... I share my... Perfect. So score 10 is this essentially parameters um, that should ideally me be measured at admission for these patients. And why we use it is because it can predict mortality. So it's a sort of really useful severity scoring system, um, which essentially tells you who's high risk, very high risk. Um, so yes, Manpreet shared it. So, you know, this is a, a basic version of it. Essentially, you there are seven different parameters as you can see so age malig if malignancy is present body surface area detached that's at initial presentation so if they have more than 10 percent uh body surface detachment at admission 
that is a poor prognostic factor. Tachycardia, urea, glucose, and bicarb. So each score, if they score yes, then that's one. And essentially it's out of seven. And remarkably, you know, a score of just one or two can push up the mortality rate to 20%, essentially. A score more than five pushes up the mortality rate to 90%. So wow. it can have a very high mortality. Um, so this is why it's a very important one to recognize and manage appropriately. So have a look at score 10. I think, you know, having awareness of, of the tools that we use in real life and guidelines will make you, you know, in better stead as a candidate for the interviews and a better dermatologist. Definitely. So I'll just stop sharing that now. Um, Okay, so I think that was a whistle-stop tour through all of the key points to be aware of for SJS and TEN. Um, Naren, is there anything you wanted to add before we finish up? No, I think that's it. I think, again, these are rare, but you should know them because they are one of the few dermatology emergencies. So it's important, whatever you do, is assess these you know, these conditions in a systematic and safe manner. Um, so, you know, hopefully this has given you some insight into that. So, yeah. Perfect. Great. Great. That's all done. <laughs>